let's just get started this morning. Let's just turn to the person next to you. Just tell them it's totally normal. It's not weird at all that I'm preaching instead of Jordan. It's totally normal, okay? Uh, I, I told a few friends that I was going to preach this week, um, and they said, oh, what are you preaching on? And I told them, being normal. And they laughed in my face. They did, yeah. And you know, I was kind of laughing, too, because I have lived kind of a crazy life. I was a missionary for eight years in Indonesia. I have some crazy stories you know, of following Jesus. Um, But I've been back for three years, and I feel like right now I live a fairly normal life. I'm a middle school science teacher, okay? Um, You know, I shop at Costco. I text on my iPhone, right? Normal. I, I am prideful. I forget things all the time, notorious for losing things. Um, you know, I, I have triggers, and people have been around me long enough to kind of see that I am a normal person, but I think kind of the, the legend of Mindy from the times when I was in Indonesia kind of persists, right? Um, it a lot of times reminds me of Acts and Paul's life, where we get to see these stories of these highest highs and lowest lows, And we know that Paul was a tent maker, but we don't see many stories of him sewing tent canvas for hours in the book of Acts, right? Um, His normal life. Uh, And so as we get started today, just a warm-up question relating to each other as normal people. What is the most normal thing about you, about your life? What would you say? Okay, so I'll give you a minute to think. I want some answers. What is the most normal thing about you? Any, anyone want to venture a answer? Yeah. <laughs> normal that you're abnormal. Okay, yes, we all have a little bit of weirdness in us. Okay, that's totally normal. So you're a working mom. Normal thing, okay. Ooh, excellent. Healthy and normal. Brushing teeth twice a day. One more, yeah? Favorite food is pizza. Okay, yeah. So, you know... Kind of, kind of a follow-up to that. So we, we all have things that make us normal, right? What would it look like if that normal thing was done with God or that normal thing was used by God? Kind of just think about that for a minute. Bringing God into that normal thing, into your brushing your teeth twice a day, into eating pizza, into being like a single mom, right? Um, working mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> working mom, yes, thank you. Uh, So, uh, when I came back from Indonesia, um, I very much did not want to be normal. Um, I very much wanted ministry to continue to be my entire life. Um, I found my best life depending on God for for everything and needing to do that. And so, I actually went uh, and and asked if I could be on staff at Blue Water. I kind of knew that they would accept me for the weirdo I was at that time. and Jordan told me no. He said no. Uh, you know, you need to do a lot of healing after your time, and you, know, you need to just get back to normal. And that really hurt, right? And I think I had a lot of fear over whether or not I had the faith to depend on God if I didn't have to, right? So um, there were seasons in my life when I was first getting to know God. Um, I went through a kind of short but very intense depression season where it took faith just to get out of bed, right? I was depending on God to do my laundry. 
and he was there in that, you know, and it was, you know, I depended on him for that. And then in Indonesia, I depended on God forever. Nothing was normal uh, to me over there. And so I needed him in everything. And it was required of me to have faith for everything. And I think that I have a lot of fear, and I still have fear, over whether or not I have the faith to require God in my things that I could do on my own, right? Once I can get out of bed on my own and do my laundry on my own, it's just a chore, and I stop needing God for that, so I stop asking him to be in that with me. Um, so maybe for you, maybe you are going through a season where God is your rock, and you're just clinging to him, right? And he is there for you, and it's beautiful. Um, but we've all kind of gone through this COVID season together and are coming out of it and stepping back into normal and I kind of want to share with you and, and go through with you, workshop with you, what does it look like to still have that, you know, need for God and still invite him into the things that we could do on our own, right? So um, we're going to go back to the basics, very basics, pop quiz for all of you Bible scholars. What is the greatest commandment? Yeah, so it's, it shows up a couple times in a couple of different Gospels. Um, in the Mark version, uh, a guy comes up to Jesus and says, Hey, teacher, what's the most important rule? What's the most important commandment? And Jesus says, Well, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and the guy turns to him and says, Oh, you're right. That's, that's got to be it. And Jesus tells him, you are now not far from the kingdom. And then the crowd went silent, and nobody else had any questions. And that always really bothered me, because I had so many questions about what that looked like, to love God with my whole heart, to love God with my soul, to love God with all my mind, all my strength, right? It, it seemed very extreme. It seemed like I should be jumping out of planes, speaking tongues, wrestling spirits, you know, or I should be going, being martyred in a, in a country that's hostile to the gospel while doing multivariate calculus, right? Like, like it would take everything from me. Um, it, it didn't really seem like teaching middle school science, right? Um, and so, um, we're going to be taking a look at where Jesus got that from today to give us a little bit of context of what that might look like um, to answer that que those questions that I had, at least. So we're going to be in Deuteronomy, uh, where Jesus gets that, that uh, commandment from. And it's going to be up on the big board, or you can turn in your Bibles. It's in Deuteronomy 6, and we're going to read 4 through 9. And this is Moses speaking after he's given out the Ten Commandments. So he went up, God spoke to him, he's passed on the Ten Commandments to the Israelites. And then he says this, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. 
Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Yeah. So this is a super famous passage. Um, that first word there, hear, O Israel, hear, in Hebrew, it actually is the word shema, uh, which doesn't just mean, hey, listen up, hey, hear what I'm saying. It actually means hear and obey. It's an action hearing. It's hear and do the things that I'm telling you to do. It's a word, as a middle school teacher, I so wish we had an English equivalent of because it would be so great to tell the kids, don't just listen to what I'm saying, do this, right? Um, and it's, it's really one of those action words. But it's super famous. Actually, the Shema is kind of a Jewish statement of faith, right? Um, and so every person listening to Jesus tell them the greatest commandment would know what followed after. He said, you know, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, soul, and strength. Um, so I think, you know, that, that part that follows after, this idea of these commandments being on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, walk along the road, lie down, get up. You know, it's, it's really talking about letting God transform our whole life, right? That there isn't one part of our life that is meant to be with God and one part that's meant to be without God, right? Every minute of the day, is meant to be transformed by God's word, by his commandments, by what he's telling us. You know, um, there isn't a place for ministry and a place for living. If, if I took one thing away from being kind of a professional Christian for a while, is that, you know, living life with Jesus is a 24-7 thing. You know, faith doesn't get shut off when I come home, you know. A lot of times we'll come home, turn on the TV, kind of relax for a bit, you know, and, and we shut off our faith for a minute. Um, I think that was what I was worried about, right, in stepping back into normal, that I would have opportunities to shut off my faith. Um, I work in a Christian school, private school, and we are expected to minister to the kids as part of our, our job. Um, and yet, even in that what I feared actually happened, right? My first year back teaching, I was so busy trying to plan out the curriculum, get all my lessons in place, be a really good teacher, that I did start to do it without God, right? Even we're expected to put faith into our curriculum. So I know the Bible, I know science, I could put those together, and I did. I did it without consulting God on, on how he wanted to do it, right? Um, which seems silly, but, but it's true. You know? And at the end of that first school year, I looked back on it, and I realized that a lot of love was missing from that first school year. Um, that that I, was, I was a pretty good teacher, you know, I'm maybe a little bit gifted in that, but um, I didn't love the kids the way I was supposed to. And I didn't pray for my colleagues, love my colleagues the way I was supposed to. Um, you know, I am, I am very embarrassed to say that at the end of the school year, there were still some, some students that I didn't know the names of. Like, like it was that bad, right? And so um, I kind of had to go back and make a plan with God. How, God, how am I inviting you in to this part of my normal life that, you know, I could do on my own? And it's also a fear for, for so many of my students that I see them 
doing this life that, honestly, where is the requirement of them for, for God? Like, where do they actually need God? And it's so hard to try to get God into your life when it's not needed. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is just, you know, how often are we talking about God? Right? It says in that Shema, speak about him when you're on the road, when you sit down, when you lie up, when you get up, um, impress it on your, on your children. You know, are we talking about God every moment of our day, right? Is it something that is our, part of our normal conversation um, when we're in the car, when we're sitting around at home, um, you know, with our coworkers? And then um, another thing is just what routines do you have in place to kind of bring God into your normal life? You know, after that first year, some of the things I had to do was set up you know, appointments with, with a good friend who thankfully has a, also a morning personality, and, and we pray together, you know. It makes God the first thing that we t- talk about at the beginning of the day. So at 5 a.m. every day, we'll get on the phone, and we'll pray over our day together. And then I started doing it the evenings, too. Before I went to bed, I would do, um, it's called the examine. We'll go through a little bit more of that um, at the end here. But just going through my day with God and giving him the last minutes of my day as well. That really just expanded and opened up some opportunities for him to work throughout the day. If I started the day with him, ended the day with him, you know, there were more opportunities in the middle of the day to invite him in. Um... And then I think, you know, if we do pull God in, if we make God part of our normal, then it's going to make us less normal, right? Um, If we pull God into our everyday routines and activities, um, it's going to change us. It's going to make us distinctive. So going back to that scripture, you know, it says, tie God's commands to to your hands and to your foreheads, on your door frames, on your gates, right? We should have reminders of how God has transformed us, of of that we are living with Jesus. Um, I needed reminders for myself, right? Things that I would look at every day um, to remind myself to make that space for God. Uh, The Jewish people, they actually took it literally. They made these little boxes, phylacteries. They, They wrapped them around their hands, around their heads when they pray. I also took it a little bit literally. Um, I have tattoos. (laughs) I actually have things permanently on my body that I look at to remind myself, right, that I am a Jesus follower, what he has done in my life. I'm I'm not advocating that we all get tattoos, of course, right? But there should be some mark on us that distinguishes us to ourselves and to others, right? We look at our hands. We are the ones who need the reminder. Other people look at our foreheads. Other people need to be reminded that, that we are followers of Jesus. And that, that means that he's in our every day. I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people would wear cross jewelry, you know, or would have something um, on their clothing, you know, that kind of distinguishes them and says, hey, I'm supposed to live life a little differently. Um, my friend Mia, my dear friend Mia, uh, whenever you're talking with her, She'll go to God with everything. 
in the most natural and normal way, right? You'll be complaining about a coworker, and she'll just say, oh yeah, that's really hard. Well, Father, we just asked for you to help with this, you know, and, and it's just so normal and so natural, and I'm stealing it from her and bringing it into my normal and my natural because I love it so much, you know. Maybe your distinctive thing is you just have some unreasonable joy um, that you're able to share even in the midst of some really hard things, right? Um, you have a smile that is contagious, even when everything is going crazy. Um, maybe you just, just ha walk into a room and people notice your faith. Um, I think of, of Nina Pang right now going through cancer, and you just talk to her just for a minute, and you just feel the faith emanating from her. It's amazing, right? Um, so there should be something distinctive about us, right? Our homes. The passage says, you know, write these verses or write these commandments on your door frames. Put them on your gates. You know, who's going to see our, our door frames? Who's going to see our gates? Visitors. Do our neighbors know that we are people who follow Jesus? Do the people in our communities know? Anyone who we welcome into our house, do they know, right, that God is a part of our daily lives? Um, so I live at the K2 community house which is not a normal place, <laughs> but um, I kind of love that for a good number of years, we had a door that did not close. Like, it was broken. It could not close. It could not lock, right? And, and every time someone would come into our house, you know, it was distinctive. It said, hey, we're living in this neighborhood that people are kind of concerned about, you know, violence and stealing and things, but we have a door that doesn't close. Because we want to welcome people in, um, because we want to live with this faith that says, no, God is in this house, and we trust um, that he'll take care of us. Um, now our door closes, and we get to share the story of, you know, somebody came in and was so impressed with our generosity that he wanted to give back, and he fixed our door for us for free. Um, it was amazing, right? But we should have things that are distinctive about our house um, that show visitors as well that um, we are people who bring Jesus into our daily lives, yeah. So, so that's what I've been working on. And you know, this past year has been amazing to see the difference kind of that, that as I've been trying to pull God more into my routines, more into the normal things that I do, the difference that it makes. Um, at the start of the school year, we started some prayer walks with the PTF, um, which has been amazing. And I very much remember praying at the start of the year, God, I want to see these students own their faith. I want to see them, you know, have expressions of faith that don't make sense to us adults, um, that, you know, are, are totally their own, that aren't being pushed on them um, from the teachers. And then at the start of the second quarter, one of the girls in my homeroom came up to me and she said, Miss Swanson, I want to start an evangelism Bible study for the eighth grade class. And I just, oh, I had, to, I had to just, with everything in me, I had to hold myself back from saying, I know exactly how you should do that, right? <laughs> I, had to, I had to take a minute and say, God, you have given this to her. You know, thank you for letting me be a small part of this. Help me to hold myself back from taking it over. Um, help me, Lord. Uh, to be a part of it and not, not to run it for her. Um, because it is so much of that, like, 
um, when we know how to do things, we can ignore kind of what God is doing in those things, right? And so I, I was thankful that in that moment I was able to hold myself back um, and kind of say, okay, this is what God is doing. Okay, God, what do you want me to do, <laughs> right? Um, instead of doing it myself. Um, so I am I'm so excited about these, these small opportunities, right, um, to partner with Jesus. And I, and I think it is also a part of why Blue Water leans so much into the supernatural, right? That there should be these times in our normal daily lives where we're trying to pull off things we can't do without God, right? Another one of kind of routines I've set up is, is I'll try to get some words for the, for the kids in my classes. I'll try to kind of hear from God for them and let them know the things that I see and hear God saying for them. Um, right? There should be some everyday supernatural in us as well that requires us to have faith, um, even when you know, we could go without it. Um, I think so many times it is these little things right, um, where we choose to have the faith, choose to step out, um, even though we don't have to. So what would it look like for you to wash dishes with God? You know, what would it look like for you to go shopping with God? What does it look like to watch TV with God? Right? What does it look like to make him, invite him into those things that you normally think about doing on your own? Um, like I said before, um, the uh, examine is one routine that I've set up for myself that I just really depend on. It's something that I, I started in Indonesia and do um, all the time. And when I don't do it, things kind of fall apart. Um, and it's just my chance at the end of the day to go through my day with God. And maybe you have a different routine for how you kind of invite God into your day, and that's awesome. This is just a tool that I've found very useful, and I would love to share with all of you. Um, so I thought we would do this together, if that's okay, just to try to practice it, see if it works for you. Um, so this is something, you know, it's a Catholic tradition, but it's, it's super useful. It brings God into our everyday. Um, and it starts out with thankfulness. So for one minute, I just want you to turn to whoever's next to you and just trade thankfuls. Just go back and forth. What are you thankful for? Okay, just for a whole minute, go for it. Think of all the things you're thankful for. All right, I'm sure there are many more things you could think of that you're thankful for. Okay. So if you do this on your own, right, you can spend as long as you like in thankfulness. Uh, you can journal, right, uh, however you like to do it. But we start off with thankfulness. And then we just go through and, and review our day with God. So I'm just going to pray um, that we'd be able to kind of have God's eyes for our day. And we're going to think through yesterday, starting from the time we woke up, all throughout the day. And we're just going to try to figure out, okay, where was I kind of on the same page with God? Where was I really tracking with God, feeling close to him? And kind of where were any of those opportunities that, you know, I was just kind of doing my own thing and not sure what God was doing. And, you know, where was God during that time? You know, what was, what was going on that I kind of wasn't partnering with him about? Um, so uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll just think through our day. Um, we'll have a little bit of music in the background. We're going to spend three minutes 
thinking through yesterday from the time we woke up until we, go, we went to bed, kind of hour by hour, and asking God to show us, show us our day through his eyes. Yeah? So, Father God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity just to see our day with you. Lord, we thank you for um, being excited with us over those times when we were really with you, got to spend time with you, got to partner with you. And we thank you, Lord, that we already live in forgiveness uh, for any moments when we were doing our own thing, that it's not the only opportunity, Lord. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that as we go through our day, we do so fearlessly, without fear of shame. Um, We thank you, Lord, that you love us so much to show us the truth and grace about our yesterday. So we just pray your presence as we review our day with you. Apologies if I'm interrupting. Um, we're going to wrap it up, but you're welcome to continue this conversation with God later on. Well, thank you, Lord, just for this chance just to, to meet with you for a minute to let you speak. Um, we thank you so much just for being in our everyday. Um, we thank you so much uh, for wanting to be with us. Um, we thank you so much that, that you are always nearby, whether we acknowledge it or not. And so I just ask for your blessing over today. Um, we're going to spend two minutes uh, just to visualize tomorrow. Just ask God there's any opportunities that come to mind that you want to partner with him for um, just to to go through what's happening at the start of your work week Um, yeah just see if if there's anything that that he wants to talk to you about uh, for tomorrow how you can uh, invite him more into your your everyday so I'll give you a couple another couple minutes Lord uh, we thank you so much again that you are in our everyday So we just ask for tomorrow that you would show us uh, the things that that you want us to partner with you on, um, the places where um, we have opportunities to do something special with you. Help us feel the excitement you have for that, Lord, and the joy in it. Lead us through our tomorrow. Amen. Again, sorry to interrupt. If you can always continue this conversation with God later. Um, And God could always hijack that time, right, and talk to you about something else. Um, That's always wonderful. But at least for me, this is an opportunity to give God the end of my day and to, you know, just set the day in front of him. Um, So for what is is useful to you, uh, hopefully you'll take something. Amen. Amen.